Hello, hello, and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. Today heralds the last episode of Downfall, a wonderful imaginative RPG written by Carolyn Hobbs from Less Than Three Games. In other news, starting this month, we'll be posting regular updates to Patreon, including exciting and in-depth reviews of RPGs we're playing, video reviews of Kickstarter RPGs with the personal Azul touch, heaps of bloopers and deleted scenes, and of course, so, so, so very much more. So check out our Patreon, and if you can spare a few dollars, please do consider becoming a patron. With that, on to the episode. Previously on Don't Forget Your Towel. So the hero, as part of his work, has been tasked with taking someone through the eternal door. They just kind of barge in because, you know, usually they're met with an unconscious person. But instead, they see a man standing quite shocked. Congratulations, Tivit. It's your lucky day. You have been chosen by the dust. I I I didn't think... You got to... I I thought I had to be super old, or... I I don't know, this is amazing. Um, what did I do? I I mean, have you done anything unusual lately? Uh, well, I did did approach the temple with a new idea for um, some of our buildings. Heading to the Eternal Doorway. Best of wishes. Love you all. And then he finishes the note. I'm gonna grab the note, stuff it in my pocket. But there is a consequence. Ivy sees you take the note. And the next day, when Cyrus comes into work, he is called into the boss's office. It is not for us to question the dreamers, and indeed the dust itself, for whom it chooses and when. So this was an order from the dreamers then? Well, yes, as per usual. Now hand over the note, please. Uh, Part of the new rules, in addition to like, you have to be perfectly on time for meals, is the times that you can drink and alcohol in particular, you can only drink at the nightly mealtime. Oh my god, Dad. You're like a whole minute late. Yeah, just one minute. Yeah, and the dreamers change the rules so that if you're not inside within the minute, you can't come in. Come on, Kallik. Just open the door. I'll, I'll open it properly. Just unlock it, please. Okay, Kallik's gonna dart over back to the door and look at the apprentices and say, listen, now now don't freak out. I'm just, uh, I'm going to unlock the door, but but I don't want you to freak out and think that I'm trying to break the rules here. I'm just concerned for my friend, okay? The head dreamer just raises his hand up high, immediately quietening down the whole room. Cyrus, what have you done? The head dreamer snaps his fingers and in an instant, dreamers swarm the table that Kalak and Cyrus sat down at, and they are removed from the hall. As everybody's eating, I turn to the table with the dreamers, and I take out my flask of alcohol and take a big swing of it. It is 2.20 in the afternoon. In the city of dreams, where the dust holds the truth, in visions of purple and blue Perfection is key In all that we do In the end it will be our downfall Be it our strength, our wit, our craft from fair and
Some of the dreamers took Ceres and Kallak back to the temple and they're kind of waiting for the head dreamer to finish his meal and come back because they're not quite sure what to do with him. The laws have only been in place for a day and they, they don't really know what the consequences are for like barging in during mealtime if you're late and yeah, drinking like out in the street or something like that. Cyrus and Kallak are in an interrogation room similar to the first time and one of the dreamers kind of hesitantly has to go in and kind of stall time until the head dreamer gets there. Did you, you don't have to take this but just an offer, did you want to make the person who's stalling Ava or did you want it to just be a random dreamer? Um, I wouldn't be an apprentice, it would be a dreamer. That is true. Uh, yeah, that's true. Cool. Well, we're back here again. Yeah, this is this is the second time in I don't know two months that we've been interrogated by the dreamers. Cyrus, why are you always getting me into these situations? So it's not your first rodeo, hey? Really? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh well, well, well. Last time we were just uh, we were just providing testimony. We hadn't done anything wrong. So it's you might say this is our first real. Rodeo. We didn't do anything wrong. I was dealing with a sleeper, and I had just gotten back from work, and my friend just let me in to eat at the required time. I was literally 15 seconds late. Well, we have new rules now. Not even 15 seconds is going to cut it. Well, that's stupid. Hey, I don't make the rules. I'm so sorry, Dreamer. Please, pl please, please tell, tell tell the head Dreamer that I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I didn't m mean to, to defy... Uh... Kalak, just stop. You're not helping our case here. You don't know that. If we just apologize and say we won't do it again, which we won't, they'll just let us off. Blatant disregard of the rules. Now tell me, what happens? When someone does that, I, I don't know. What does happen? We will find out. <laughs> and at that moment, the head dreamer barges in, dusts off his robes a little bit. Ha! Huh. You two again, I see. I think both Kalik and I immediately bow down. Yeah. To the head dreamer, we may be like somewhat, and I may be somewhat anti-authoritarian, but I am not in any point where I would disobey like the head dreamer yet. Yeah, you still like revere him and stuff. Kalik is bowing extra low. Head dreamer, uh, I didn't think you would be blessing us with your presence. Did I say you can speak? I apologize. Permission to speak? No. You may both rise. Have a seat. Now, you have greatly affected lunchtime. For the whole town. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I just like, love this place. This like dystopian <laughs> place. It wants to be so perfect. It's just like you ruined lunchtime. <laughs> you have blatantly affected lunchtime for the entire city. Cyrus, first you come late. Then you simply think you're entitled to have a meal 
despite the fact that you are late. And thirdly, in blatant disregard of the laws set yesterday, you drink alcohol on the streets of Celeste. Kellogg, it seems you had a role to play in this as well. For weren't you the one to unlock the door to allow Cirrus in in the first place? You may speak. I... Thank you, Hedrima. I I do admit I did unlock the door for for I was I was confused about the rules and and why they weren't letting my friend in and I just I just thought that uh, uh, that surely it wouldn't be a big deal but but I see now that I was wrong. Yes, you were wrong indeed. I think like when. Calix says that I kind of just make a kind of irritated sound, like a, or like a, you know, I don't know what it's called. Like sigh or something? Not a sigh, it's more like an audible letting out of breath. So a sigh? (laughs) That's not a sigh. (laughs) Like a a groan. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cyrus, do you have something to say? Permission to speak? Yes. Speak when you're spoken to. Head dreamer, I feel like the rules that were put into place recently, and forgive me for mentioning this, but the rules are unfair on the populace. It's not like I can choose when to finish with a sleeper and not, and I feel the same for all of my fellow citizens. Unfair, Cyrus. You are the only one in the entire city, to show up late. You are not the only awakened in this city. Your partner, Ivy, in fact, made it to the hall in time. Which leads me to believe that maybe you weren't doing your job. I don't think I respond to that. Uh, If I may, Head Dreamer? Yes. I I, I think think what my friend here is saying is is that uh, well the awakened perform a sacred duty and and they cannot control when this uh, when they might be called upon to to perform this duty nor how long it will take and perhaps the awakened should be given a slightly more lenience than the rest of us Kalik, you simply do not know what you are talking about Oh, of, of course, you, you were right. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Well, defiance such as this must go greatly punished. Cyrus, you are, although a bit rebellious, it seems, you are still a valuable member of this city. And Kellogg, you seem to have gotten yourself into some trouble and you do not know what the repercussions could be for being involved in this. So therefore... I must ask you, Kalik, to not speak to Cirrus again. You can't do that. Oh, I can. What? I. And if you do, but... the dust knows everything. You cannot hide anything from the dust. Oh, the, the, the dust will will judge me for my sins. But but how can it be a sin to merely speak to my friend? Please, Hedrina. He's like a brother to me. Kalik, if you delve any further into this matter, you might not be around for much longer. What's that supposed to mean? 
That's it. I have spoken. I swish my robes around and storm out. And I go, Dreamer, let them out. I think while, like, when you turn around and leave, I shout out, Why are non-sleepers being sent into the eternal door? What? The head Dreamer pauses for a bit, but he doesn't look back. And after a few seconds, he just continues walking away. But there is a consequence. You have now put further doubt into Kallak's mind. And even though he can't speak to you anymore, he has a drive to find out what's going on. Okay. That was not the... That was an interesting punishment. Yeah. (laughs) I like it, though. It's definitely... I think it's a good escalation because Kellick is now sort of turning to your side. Yeah. In terms of his suspicions against the dreamers and everything. Yeah. 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 Okay, and now on to the reflection part of this round. I think the hero is incredibly irritated and angry. He's unsure about what's going on with the whole non-sleeper eternal door thing. But also after what the head dreamer said about you may not be around for much longer, he's now finally starting to doubt whether or not what he is believed in the eternal door is valid or not. And I think, if anything, this whole situation, not being able to talk to Kallak is just going to drive him further into finding out what's going on. Uh, Maybe he'll even take a look or just try to you know, find out what's going on. He's probably not going to cause much more trouble, if in public at least, if only because he just wants to, from where he stands, he feels like if he does more trouble, then more attention is going to be placed on him and he won't be able to covertly do what he wants to do. And so he's a bit, he's a man on a mission, essentially. Yeah. Cool. Michaela is the pillar, Azul is the fallen, and I am the hero. Okay. Good Good luck, because me with the fall and I am generally merciless. Mm-hmm. Considering that I killed two people in the first yeah. scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got like opposite people playing the fall in here. Azul's just like, we overheard you speaking out against us. You're going to die. Michaela's like, you were openly flouting us. You can't talk to each other again. <laughs> it's a bad influence. <laughs> I think it, like, it's still fair because technically speaking in the first scene the dreamers quote-unquote executed the two people because because they thought that they had stolen something and yeah outright mocked the institutions that is actually fair i, I think it all makes sense it's just kind of funny yes yes okay so i'm gonna go for religion so with religion um people worship the dust because they see it as the truth, they see it as the ultimate form of perfection. But lately there's been an increasing number of people going to the temple and staying there for really long periods of time. Like being around the dust kind of induces this trance-like state and the dreamers have kind of started promoting this as the ideal state for people to be in so they kind of encourage people to come to the temple like every day and stay there for like long periods of time so as a result they've seen an increase in donations um, but there's also been 
quite a lot of like just like half asleep, really woozy people just lingering around the temple. And a lot of people have started neglecting their kids and their duties as a result of this like desire to be perfect by going to the temple every day. Awesome. Hero. Okay. So again, it's been sort of like a month or so since the previous scene. And over this month, we've seen an increase in uh, these people who are sort of becoming addicted to the dust and things like that, and seeing the consequences of that. I'm going to say that I have received a letter from Calic after not speaking to him for around a month that basically says, like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but technically they didn't say we couldn't write to each other. Like, my suspicions have been high um, since that interrogation. I fear that something's going wrong with the dreamers. There's somebody that I want you to meet, and there's like a place listed and a time that's like, it's like in the middle of the night that Cirrus is being requested to go to, to have a secret meeting. So, uh, Pillar, mm-hmm. you will be playing this woman who, um, her husband has become addicted to dust and has been like neglecting her and their children. And she's concerned about the state of things in the city. And Kellick has told her that Cirrus might be able to help or might have more information. So the scene is um, them meeting up in secret. Okay. So the fallen, Fallen's not involved, right? Fallen's not involved. Yeah. So um, go to this secret location. And I'm going to say it's sort of like a, almost like a garage or like a small shack out the back of this woman's property. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a lantern with me and I'm walking and I knock on the door. So I just open the door quietly and just beckon you to come in. And I do so and shut the door behind me. You're serious, yes? Yes, that's me. Um, my good friend Kellick told me you wanted to meet with me tonight, uh, uh, but he didn't mention your name. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just dump that one on you. You can just call me Madam. Of course, Madam. I understand. Uh, please tell me, what can I do for you? Well, you see, lately, um, my husband hasn't been coming home that much. And I've been told it's because he's been spending a lot of time at the temple. He's supposed to be working and earning money for us. But he hasn't gone to work in over a month now. Over a month? Yes. He's at the temple so often? Yes, he is. And when he does come home, he he's clearly not himself. He just wants to go straight to bed, doesn't even eat anything anymore. I'm not really sure what's gotten into him. I'm afraid it's the dust that's gotten into him. The dust? I know. Yes. From the temple, you mean? Yes. I know the dust is holy, but, well, it does have sleep-inducing properties, sort of hypnotic properties, one might say. Yes, yes, I know. I've experienced it myself before. Exactly. Well, I I have noticed an increase in uh, some of the city folks' daily prayers, shall we say. Uh, People perhaps imbibing in the dust more than they used to. I see. And I suppose my husband's one of them. It's likely. You see, uh, the temple has been encouraging this. I'm not sure exactly why, although I 
could hazard a guess. What are your feelings towards the temple, madam? Oh, well, the, the temple is perfection itself. It houses the dust, after all, the head dreamer. Yes. They'd never question their intentions. They always have the health and safety of us in the, in the city in mind. Do they, though? This is something I've begun to wonder over the past several months. Please don't, uh, don't freak out, but you know I am an awakened. Perhaps Kallik told you. Yes. Yes, he did tell me. And you're still wearing your awakened uniform, so... Yes. So, I have, um... I have seen some of the goings-on behind the scenes, you might say, that not everybody else is privy to. And, uh, I've had some dealings with the head dreamer, and I have my fears that the institution of the dreamers is becoming... becoming corrupt. Corrupt. I do not use this word lightly, but it seems that more and more people have been sent to the eternal door recently for reasons that are trivial or unknown. But that is a blessing, is it not? Is it not the ultimate privilege to be sent to the eternal door? That's what I thought too. Can I trust you? Yes, yes you can. If you can help me, you can trust me. I promise I will do everything I can to help you, but I need you to know some things. I found a communication from the dreamers, a theory of sorts, that perhaps the eternal dream is not a dream at all. It could be that the dreamers had it all wrong, or perhaps yes. something they know that they're not sharing with us. I don't know what it is yet, but something is wrong. Why else would they be encouraging people to slack their duties only to live in this half-awake state? Surely that cannot be good for the city. As you say, it's not good for you and your family. Yes, well, we're running out of money at the moment. I'm not sure how much longer we can survive in this current situation. Exactly. Something... Something's going wrong in the city. I shouldn't be telling you this. But normally, when awakened are asked to take people through the door, they are asleep. And not the kind of asleep when you are when you are partaking of dust. A kind of sleep from which they cannot seem to be roused. I I don't understand what you're saying. But lately we have well, I'm not sure myself, but anyhow, those are the kind of people the Awakened are usually asked to take through the door. People who seem to have already become one with the dust. But recently, there has been an increase in us taking so-called standing sleepers through the door. People who we have no proof if they have been chosen or not. We have only the head dreamer's word. And I fear the head dreamer does no longer have the city's best interests at heart. But the head dreamer, his word is always absolute. So we have been led to believe, but but what if it wasn't? What if the head dreamer's interpretation of the dust was wrong? Or 
it was influenced by his own desires, his own vision for the city. Well, he has been around for a while. I suppose he's getting a bit old. Exactly. Surely it is his time to meet with the dust. And yet, he seems to go on. I, I don't mean to startle you with all these ideas, but I have been thinking and noticing and I can't help but think there is something wrong with the head dreamer and with all the dreamers in fact and their latest decrees i i'm sorry i this is too much for me to take in um listen um i i pull out some money like maybe i don't know a few hundred or something and hand it to her and say madam this is all I can give you at present. I hope it will tide you over for another few weeks. Please do think on what I've said. Keep an eye out. Yes. If you can. And um, if you want to discuss these ideas again, or if indeed you find anyone else who's having similar experiences, who might also be sympathetic to this cause, please do send them my way. Yes. I feel it is time to take a stand, or at least the time is near. Well, you've certainly given me a lot to think about, and thank you for this, I, I really appreciate it. Please, if you see my husband, tell him to come home. No problem. I if I see him, I will encourage him to return home to you. Um, thank you for listening and, uh, and for having confidence in me. Thank you, Cyrus. Okay, so it's been perhaps a week since that last meeting and the hero gets a summons to the temple from Ava. Once the hero gets there, he's escorted to one of the lounges within which he finds tens of people just lying on the ground, half asleep in a stupor, of which is Madame and numerous others who you would have thought associated with Madam, And also is Kallik, who's also like in a stupor. Um, he's just sketching something, but really just lines and lines, the same line over and over and over and over again. Uh, just so you know, Pillar, if you want to jump in, uh, you can, but it's only at a, to a limited capacity because Kallik is not in his right mind at the moment. Okay. So we start when I go into the lounge. Mm -hmm. Think of an opium den. This is essentially yeah. That's what I was imagining, but with like purple smoke. <laughs> yeah. So I I go. I'm like told to wait in this room. I'm like okay, okay. And I turn around and I see all these people on the floor. I'm like, what? What? What is going on? And I and I start seeing familiar faces. I turn people over and oh my god, it's Madam. What? What? Did Did they get to her? I. How did this happen? I know I know she wouldn't have come here willingly. She wouldn't have done this willingly. She knew the consequences. And then I see Kellick. I'm just No. No, no, no. I'm trying to rouse him. Kellick! Kellick, wake up! Kellick! Kellick! Oh, why won't he wake? Oh my god. While you're shaking Kellick, you hear the voice of Ava from behind you. Mm -hmm. She says, Oh, I see you've met the Newly initiated. The newly initiated? 
Yes, the head dreamer believes that they need a regular dose of the dust, divine purity, in order for their minds to reach the perfect state of enlightenment. Their minds were troubled, you see, by unsightly things, imperfect things, things that go against our way of living. Hmm. What kind of things? I, I do not know. Of course. I am just an why would the head dreamer share his his thoughts with you? Why would he have to give an explanation for anything that he did? No, because people will just follow him blindly, and if they do not, they will end up like these sleepers, drugged, unable to wake, unable to function, unable to think. See, I told him you wouldn't understand, but he insisted that I should try to that I should try to show you what the reality is. The reality? Ava, listen to me. I, I take her shoulder, like hold her by the shoulder. Listen to me. I know you, you are smart. Surely you must see beyond this. The, the dust itself may be holy. I cannot speak of that, but, but the head dreamer, there is something wrong. He is slowly corrupting the city. More and more people going through the door without explanation. More and more people here in a Stop. stupor. Okay, this is every single time. There needs to be something more for you. You can't just see what's going in front of you and then just see the reality of the situation. The head dreamer loves us all. This is for the greater good. Do you not understand that these people were sick in their minds? Ava. They were not. I knew these people. They were sound of mind. Their only crime was thinking against the head dreamer. Now, what kind of perfect society is that? Would the dust really want that for us? What kind of perfect person thinks against the head dreamer? Do you, that in itself is imperfection. I know it's blasphemy to say so. But what if the head dreamer has become... Don't finish that sentence. I warned him. I told the head dreamer you would not listen to rationality. You would not listen to logic. You would not listen to the call of the dust. Please, I Ava. warned him, but he, he insisted. Oh, an awakened. Surely Please, you... Ava, this is logic. The dreamer is getting on in years, is he not? He has become less perfect himself. Is it not his time to be one with the dust? To, to have a new head dreamer? She's already kind of just taken your hands off of her at this point, and she kind of looks you up and down, and her face kind of contorts, like, into a face of disgust. And she takes a step back and says, I know you are involved in this sickness that you've brought upon these people. What? But for some reason, the head dreamer thinks that you're one of the... Stay away from us. Just leave. Ava. Please, is that why you've asked me here? I didn't want you coming anywhere here at all. It was the head dreamer that asked me to talk to you, try to talk some sense into you. Ava, please. I know, I know you adore the head dreamer. I know you have found your purpose in this faith, but you are smart. You follow logic. You must see there is something wrong with this. There is, 
something wrong with a city where half its inhabitants are asleep on the floor, unable to perform their duties to work. This is so typical of you. Typical? The moment I've finally found a family that I can consider my own, you suddenly, taken aback by some jealous stupor, decide that the whole city we live in is, is some kind of den of sickness. How dare you? Ava, I... Just, just do not... Please, I'm sorry. Leave. I'm, I know I was a bad father. I know I neglected you when you needed me most. I know, and for that, I... I am sorry, I will regret it for all my life, Ava. Please, you must know how much I regret it. But this is our chance. This is our chance to unite for something bigger. Isn't that what you believe in? The true will of the dust. Listen, as an awakened, I see things. I know things that not everybody does. We are no longer taking sleepers through the door. We have no evidence that the people we are taking through were taken through at the will of the dust. The head dreamer could be saying anything. I will not regret this at all. And she turns around and says, take him away. What? And then she starts walking away and stops for a moment and then says, goodbye, father. And walks away. Ava. Ava, no, don't do this. Don't do this. I love you. Ava. Thank you. <laughs> like I said, when I'm the fallen. <laughs> that was good. We needed... Um, to have a scene between yeah, them. Yeah, so. that, that relationship needed to be explored. And I think that, that, that exploded quite well, I think. Reflections? Reflections. Um, yeah, as the hero, I'm feeling like things are starting to come to a head. The, the people that I thought might be able to rally behind me have been kind of got to by the dreamers. They've been, like, essentially drugged by the dreamers. And, you know, there's no hope of convincing my daughter to, to see straight or see what I see. Um, so this is really like the make or break moment as far as I'm concerned. This is either like I'm, I've got to do something right now or I'm, I'm going to be silenced is my feeling. Yeah, so I feel like uh, the, the city is starting to fall apart. Like the institutions are all starting to crumble and I'm starting to see the corruption underneath it. Cool. So as a pillar, I think what's going to be corrupted next is the government. I think that the dreamers have begun to, uh, like there, more and more people are becoming dreamers and apprentices and novices. And honestly, the most perfect out of the society are becoming dreamers and novices. And at one point, suddenly, this is months after, the whole scene that occurred. But at one point, suddenly, the majority of government positions are suddenly filled by dreamers. Mm, yeah. I mean, by no fault of their own, considering they are the most beautiful, smart, and everything kind of people. And more credence is given to beauty because it's more visible and it needs less to test. It's just a matter of measurements. And because the dreamers 
always live lavish lives with like a lot of sleep and just you know perfect lives they tend to be the more beautiful the more aesthetically pleasing and so in one of the particular i should say like because this is like every, it's every 5 years so the next election i should say comes up quite quickly and suddenly the majority of positions are held by dreamers this includes the chief of the institute of sleep and really most other positions yeah so basically the government is even more in the dreamers back pocket than it was before it's like the dreamers themselves aren't faring all that well but yes because as as a side we have to remember that it's easy to put the blame on the dreamers but really we need to put the blame on perfectionism like the dreamers are just a vehicle through which perfection is increasingly extremized right 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 <laughs> so can we just confirm the roles i'm the hero as always the pillar erin's the fallen so it's been a month um since he's talked to his daughter like even though meal times are all in the same place he's kind of been reduced to sitting at a table on the edge of the of the hall so he doesn't really get to be involved in like the main the main table of things the main like conversations and things like that but this scene he is just barging into the temple and demanding to see the head dreamer so he's like just in the main the general temple area where a lot of people just gather to pay their respects to the temple and things and he's shouting like where are you like i need to talk to you right now and the dreamers are kind of like murmuring and things like that and he overhears one of the dreamers saying that the head dreamer is currently at the the main temple so he's like he's rushing over looking for this main temple Yes, I'd say after like maybe 10 minutes or so of like slamming open doors and things like that, he eventually finds the head dreamer and he's quite tired out. Yep, so he faces the head dreamer. Ah, oh, head dreamer. So I finally found you. What? What are you talking about? I... Cirrus? Yes. What on earth are you doing here? Get this man out of here at once. I think you'll struggle to find any help around here. And I look around. Where have all my dreamers gone? Well, if one could say that they're sleeping. What have you done? What have you done to them? I've simply given them a taste of the dust. And I look down and I notice the holy bowl of dust in your hand. What are you doing holding that? You are besmirching the, the sacred dust with your grubby hands. You must put that on back on the altar at once. This is blasphemy of the highest order. No, I won't do anything until I have answers. Answers? Tell me, what happens when people go through that door? They become one with the dust, of course. Have you forgotten? Are you out of your mind? I haven't forgotten. But why are you sending people that aren't sleeping, that aren't old, that aren't ill, through that door because the dust willed it so i am not one to question the will of the dust i am merely its interpreter but you question yes is it is it not natural to question to question the intentions of the dust to question the interpretations indeed 
of the dust. How do you sleep at night, head dreamer? The dust is perfection, and if you question it, then you clearly are the opposite. You are imperfect. Well, if I must be imperfect to write this city, then I will be that person. You no longer deserve a place in this city. You have been nothing but trouble for me these past few months. I've served you for many years, head dreamer, without so much batting an eyelid. But things have happened, and I can't turn blind eye anymore. No? <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I grab a fistful of the dust and throw it in the head dream- dreamer's face. Yeah, he just kind of brushes it away, and he's just. And then I take another handful and throw it at him. Ha! Take that! <laughs> But there is a consequence. Um, Let me know if this consequence is acceptable. But I'm going to say that the head dreamer has a very high tolerance to dust because he partakes of it so frequently. And in fact, the initial doses of dust serve to kind of invigorate him. Uh, Okay. So he kind of gathers strength and starts coming towards you Mm -hmm. and i imagine like because i've been throwing dust around like obviously i've been breathing in some of it and i'm like slowly being affected by it myself as well Mm. yeah so the head dream is going to come over and uh, rip the bowl out of your slightly weakened hands and kind of pick you up by the scruff of the neck and say now you listen here If you don't want to walk through that door, then you'll leave the temple and do as you're told. No. No, I won't. These people here want to partake of the dust. They are happy. They are living their lives as was intended. There is nothing wrong with them. There is. Things have changed. Things have changed so much in these last few months. I don't know what you're planning, but I know it isn't good. Fine. To the door with you it is then. And I'll start leading him, because I've still got him sort of by the scruff of his neck. Start leading him and like dragging him out of the temple towards the eternal door. So Cyrus is being dragged and he's struggling, but he can't um, fight the effects of the dust any longer and falls asleep. And I think that's where the scene can end. So, Cyrus wakes up on the other side of the door. He finds himself in a foresty grassland kind of area. It's just desolate and totally foreign to him. And as he looks around and he starts walking through and everything, he sees a whole pile of bodies, like skeletons and corpses, people that look like they might have died of hunger and thirst and he also hears some moans and he sees some people in the distance on the floor just uh, on the ground just in the throes of death and as he looks across the landscape he just sees thousands of bodies littered across the forest floor so are these bodies, like the, the ones that are in the process of dying, are they quite close to me? Yeah. 
Okay, so I, I'm gonna just like stagger over to like the closest um, person and ask like, what's wrong? What what have they done to you? They just stare at you with like empty eyes. Can, can you talk? Can you move? No response. I don't really know what I do. I think I just kind of keep walking as far as I can and maybe try and find shelter from the dust because I imagine that it's like making me feel a bit sleepy. Maybe there's like a tree or something and I just kind of like prop myself up against it, sit down, and my eyes start to feel heavy and I fall asleep. I think there's no need to go through reflections at the moment. I think we can go straight to the collapse. We pan away from the hero's still body outside, through the eternal doorway, down the endless corridors of the temple, and finally into the inner atrium where we last saw Kallak and the others. And as their eyes draw to a close, the final embers of resistance against the head dreamer's vision die out. There they would remain, entombed in their own dreams and their faces forever frozen, or some would say contorted, into a perfect representation of serenity. So, the head dreamer now feels total freedom to implement his vision of perfection, which is, like Azul mentioned before, of complete serenity and oneness with the dust. So seeing the serene faces of those like Kellick and Madam, the head dreamer felt a holiness overcome him. And he felt sure that this was indeed perfection, that being one with the dust was the destiny of this city and that he was meant to bring about that destiny. So he encourages slash mandates everyone to partake in a large amount of the dust, essentially overdosing on the dust, so that the whole city, one by one, is put to sleep. A few days have passed since the great overdose of dust. In the house where Tivit once lived, a strange stillness lingers in the air, breaking the silence, a cupboard door slowly creaks open. A child crawls out and calls for his mother. He calls again. He can see her, one arm hanging off the bed, but she does not move or speak in response to his calls. The child crawls up onto the bed where his mother is sleeping peacefully, perfectly. He settles on her belly and goes to sleep. time. Erin says we've got nothing special to say here, so on to our usual. <laughs> if you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at dfyt underscore podcast, on Facebook at don't forget your towel podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a few dollars to spare, and if you like what you hear, please consider donating to us on Patreon. 
But if you don't have a few dollars to spare, that's all good too. Just keep listening and like and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready.